Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man wearing a pair of pink side winders and a bright orange pair of pants. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. This week, we are very proud to be featuring Rally Point Bohemian-style Pilsner by the good people over at Service Brewing Company in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Rally Point is a Bohemian-style Pilsner with the perfect balance of sweetness and bitterness for a crisp, refreshing finish. 4.6% ABV. This beer is available year-round in keg and can form. Garage grade three and three-quarter bottle caps out of five. And let's give some praise to people that helped us out with this week's beer fun. First up, a big cheers to Lynette in Buffalo, Missouri. And a big shout out to Kathy in Vancouver, Washington. Here's a shout out to Gabrielle, or Old Gabby, from Monterey, Mexico. And a big shout out to Jill in Portland, Oregon. Here's a cheers to Jessica in Corum, New York. And last but certainly not least, we have Breen and Keeley. In Palm Beach County, Florida, everyone we just mentioned went to truecrimegarage.com and they helped us out with this week's beer fund. And for that, well, we thank you. Yeah, B-E-E-R-U-N, Beer Run. And for everything True Crime Garage, check out truecrimegarage.com. We just released the True Crime Garage Halloween t-shirts and hoodies. So check those out at truecrimegarage.com. And that is enough of the business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. few things more terrifying than a tornado. When the sirens go off, 
and the clamoring wail warns of an impending force of nature strong enough to lift a home off of its foundation, the human instinct is to run, take cover, and pray. We are all taught at a young age to love Mother Nature, but to fear her wrath as well. When it comes to a tornado, our parents taught us to take shelter in our basements. At school, we would take cover under desk. But what about a two-year-old? Little kids have to rely on the protection of a parent or the help of a caring adult. The southern states are typically more prone to experience tornadoes. Due to atmospheric conditions and other meteorological forces, we won't pretend to understand. The state of Georgia suffers its share, averaging about 20 tornadoes a year. The storms cause a range of damage. Some result in minor damage to property, taking down trees and power lines, and others are more destructive, buying waste to entire buildings. But even in those cases, rarely are people killed. Warning systems are in place, notifying all to seek shelter in a bunker or basement, to wait out the twister above. Usually at least 20 minutes notice is given, and is sufficient to allow everyone to find a safe place to ride the storm out. But in Georgia, on January 21st and 22nd of 2017, 40 tornadoes touched down in just under 48 hours. The strongest was an EF3 with winds of 150 miles per hour and a mild wide path. The damage was indescribable. In the wake of the storms, the state resembled a wasteland and was declared a state of emergency. FEMA and the National Guard were called in. Damage estimates were around $100 million. But even more important than the destruction of homes, farmhouses, barns, and buildings was the loss of life. 15 people died in the state of Georgia and five others in other southern states as a result of these twisters, which left total devastation in their wake. Entire neighborhoods were flattened by the storm. One of the areas hit in Dougherty County was a mobile home park located in Albany. This was Piney Woods Estates Mobile Home Park, occupying the 3500 block of Sylvester Road. As you can imagine, the combination of a powerful tornado and mobile homes, many of which are not permanently attached to a foundation, is deadly. Around 3.15 p.m. on Sunday, January 22nd, the tornado directly hit the mobile home park. According to the Albany Herald, it stayed on the ground for 71 miles ripping across the county, and within minutes, most of the mobile home park was pretty much wiped out. Some of the trailers were reduced to matchstick-sized pieces of debris. Trees from the woods surrounding the park were everywhere. Sinks, toilets, grills, and furniture were stuck in trees, and cars were overturned. It looked like a zombie apocalypse, with disoriented people staggering for help. One CNN reporter described it as looking like a nuclear bomb went off. 145 people who were displaced by the storm sought shelter at the Albany Civic Center, turned into a makeshift hostel for the newly homeless. It was chaos, and displaced residents despaired at the total loss of their homes and their belongings. This week's true crime story is less about those terrible storms that affected so many people and more about what was brewing behind closed doors. This it's True Crime Garage, and this is the case of Detrez Green.
Mobile Homes in the Park, located at 3527 Sylvester Road, lot number 8, was occupied by a family of five. On Sunday, January 22nd, young parents Kevina Green and Adasia Rainey and their three young children, two boys and a newborn girl, weathered the storm in their mobile home. They had decided not to heed the evacuation warnings that had blared throughout the park. Although their trailer still stood after the storm passed through, it was declared a total loss because of a large oak tree that fell through the roof into the kitchen area of the home. As described by the Albany Herald, Rainey's home, like the rest of Piney Woods Estate, was a disaster area after the storm. Photos of the wrecked trailer show dirt, litter, shoes, and toys amid piles of debris. And as they picked themselves up and came to their senses in the new quiet after the storm, Kevina and Adasia noted the absence of their two-year-old son, Detrez. So we have here, Captain, the Green family. It's going to be a family of five. We have Kevina Green and his partner, Adasia Rainey. Often, I want to point out that in a lot of these news articles and news summaries of this story that we're going to be quoting and mentioning throughout our story and our timeline of this case, they will often refer to Adasia Rainey as simply by her last name, Rainey, and often uh, Kevin Green by his last name, Green. So I don't want anybody to get confused as we move our way through this uh, this story here. Standing outside of what was left of his home, Kevin Green described for a CNN reporter the last time he saw his son, Detrez. Now, keep in mind, Detrez is two years old. Quote, last time I saw him, he was playing with a toy. I just hope they can find him, you know. I've been crying, man, but I don't want to cry in front of the cameras, you know. This is what Kevin tells the reporter. He goes on, speaking with the reporter, to say, see that tree right here? It kind of divided me. And then he's asked, were you with your two-year-old when this happened? He responds, no, sir. Well, we were in the same area, but we weren't together. Kevin explained, the last time I saw him, he was right by that door. I was cooking, and he was kind of right by me, kind of. It's real difficult. I can't find my son. Don't got a place to stay. Those were his statements to CNN. Jerry Green, Kevin's brother, he told the following story to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. According to Jerry Green, Kevin told him later they were watching TV when the storm hit and Detrez was playing with a remote control car on the kitchen floor. Quote, he said he could hear the storm and strong winds and everything blowing. Detrez was near the kitchen door when it flung open. About the same time, a massive tree fell and split the trailer, separating parents from the child on the other side. Adasia started toward Detrez, but Kevina was afraid she'd get hurt and threw her down. With the kitchen door open, the wind pounded. The parents screamed in the darkened afternoon and wondered how they would save their boy until, quote, it snatched my nephew out of the trailer, Jerry Green said. Detrez's mother, Adasia, never spoke to the media. It sounds to me, Captain, like did she not speak to the media on that day? I don't think, nor could I find anywhere that she ever spoke with the media in regards to this situation. We have a lot of her statements that are coming secondhand through 
people that know her. Yeah, she could be just too heartbroken to speak on the matter. She's reportedly to have told investigators that Detrez slipped away from her and walked into the kitchen area toward the back door of the trailer just before the massive oak tree crashed through the roof. Now, Adesia told emergency responders that she did not see the child leave the home or get swept away, but believed that indeed he had been carried off by the storm. And this is what she told her family. Well, same kind of story, but sort of. So Willie Rainey, this is Adesia's grandfather, he tells the media, quote, Adesia told me that he, meaning Detrez, kind of got spooked from the storm and that he ran toward the kitchen. The tree hit the house and the back door flew open and the storm pulled him out of the house, end quote. This was theoretically possible, of course, after all, the average two-year-old weighs about 27 pounds. Literally nothing too powerful for an EF3 tornado. Everyone agreed that the storm that powerful, a storm that powerful, could take a trailer off the ground, so it certainly could have taken a two-year-old child. Well, think about the pounds of pressure it would take just to open up the door. We don't know if that door was locked or, or unlocked. but Or latched. Yeah, and then also the pounds of pressure and the force that it would have to, to rip a tree out and smash into the mobile home. And I want to be clear about something before we move on here, Captain. When we say Adesia told emergency responders, emergency responders are responding to that area immediately after the tornado leaves the area. These are not statements that she gave to those responders when they are arriving on scene. And we'll see how that breaks down as we go through our timeline here. Now, Captain, here's a breakdown of day one of the search for little Detrez Green. So within an hour, this is exactly what I'm talking about right here. Within an hour after the storm hit the park, emergency management officials convened on Dougherty County to survey the damage and to assist people who were injured, stranded, or otherwise. Although first responders were swamped and overwhelmed by the number of people needing aid after the storms passed through, on Sunday afternoon, of course, a missing toddler swept up by the storm will take top priority. Sunday night, note the times here. The tornado rolls through there about 3.15 that afternoon. Within an hour, emergency services are in the area. They're at this mobile home park. It's not until that night that they're searching for Detrez, and we'll find out why here in a bit. But by Sunday night, Captain, it was all hands on deck in the search for Detrez Green. We have dozens of Albany search and rescue personnel, members of state agencies. We have civil air patrol and specially trained search and rescue firefighters descending on that Piney Woods Estates mobile home park and mobilized to scour the area for Detrez. But I'm also guessing at this time there's no electricity in that area. No, but the personnel that we're describing here would be used to that type of situation. And given the right. a- area, you know, the the southern states are more prone to these types of storms and tornadoes than up in the north and other parts of our country. This is not their first rodeo. And so they know what they're doing and they're experienced, right? They know where to look. And we have this statement that kind of backs this up. This comes from the Dougherty County Search and Rescue team member, Lan Scala, who told WTXL, quote, we started working this area based on the rotation of the winds. 
if the child was taken out of the home and sucked over to the side where we thought he might have landed. Mm -hmm. So we took all these debris fields apart and the Georgia search and rescue team came in and went back to the house the child was supposedly living in and took that debris field and house apart. We covered out to the Northwest going out to the bypass just to make sure that the child was not carried out in that direction of the storm. So what he's saying here is based off of the information that we had, based off of the information and of the storm itself, right? In the direction that it was traveling and what we've seen in, from previous storms and previous damage done by these types of tornadoes, we had a good idea of what area to prioritize when looking for this little boy. And so he's saying, we started with this area. We didn't find a Trez. We didn't find any trace of him, right? We're not finding clothing or shoes or anything belonging to the boy or anything to indicate to us that he ended up in this area. So then we're moving on to the next most likely area that he would be to the point where eventually they're finding themselves at the next prioritized area being the trailer itself, being his home itself to make sure, hey, He's not under the tree. He's not, you know, he's not remaining in that area. So the searchers basically dismantled what was left of the family's destroyed mobile home, making sure that Detrez wasn't under that fallen tree or in the rubble of the home itself, either injured, scared and hiding or otherwise. Now, per WALB, rescue crews searched through every inch of that home and both cadaver and search dogs were brought in to aid in the search for Detrez Green. But a very difficult situation because, like you said, he's under 30 pounds. He's a small little child. We have big pieces of debris that are have fallen all over the place, have been moved all around. This is a very difficult search. Extremely difficult. You're absolutely right. Now, let's go through days two and three because day one, unsuccessful. Now they didn't get started until Sunday night, but let's see what happens with days two and three as the intense searches continued for Detrez Green. So we have searchers combing through what was left of the surrounding homes, the surrounding homes next to Green's parents' home and the woods that is around the park itself, the mobile home park itself. In total, the search parameter was a half mile in diameter. Quote, we are doing everything we can to try to find this child and hopefully alive, stated Dougherty County Emergency Management Agency officials on Tuesday. Helicopters hovered over Piney Woods Estates and the surrounding woodlands and swamps, searching for any sign of the boy. Now, Captain Bobby Spargo of the Albany Fire Department told the Albany Herald, quote, we have our Georgia search and rescue teams in here today. They have gridded off the search area and they are taking it inch by inch. They're not moving a foot forward until they see dirt. It is going to be a long, drawn out process. As far as we know, the boy is the only missing person from this area. It was tough going because this area is swampy with areas covered in thickets and brush. As you said, Captain, debris was everywhere and parts of the surrounding landscape were actually flooded with stormwaters from four inches of rain that the area received over that weekend. Now, search crews had to hack their way through the brush and cut through downed trees. 
it was basically like searching for a needle in a very complex, dangerous haystack. Lane Scala, the Dougherty County search and rescue team member, told Fox 31, we ran some time grid searches this morning. My understanding is that Georgia's search and rescue is getting ready to start taking debris fields apart. We're going to cut them up pull them apart piece by piece to make sure we get a thorough search of this area. The search and rescue teams had to cut paths into the debris field to clear a way for cadaver and live search dogs into these areas, all to look for this missing little boy. But there's standing water around this area, right? In parts. Yeah, in parts. So they received four inches of rain over the course of that weekend in our search, we're now to Tuesday, so there's been some time for uh, the earth to absorb some of that rain, for it to run off. So yeah, they have parts that are still holding some water. We're not talking you know, feet of water, we're, we would be talking inches of water. And as said, there are some swamp areas that are would be in the woodland area that surrounds this mobile home park. So those right. areas are always very difficult. And as you pointed out, I mean, it's it's just a really incredibly difficult situation. Number one, you're looking for a small boy. That's a different kind of search than if you were looking for an adult. And then compound that with the storm that came through. And, you know, when you see these, when you see these mobile home parks and the devastation that a EF3 tornado can cause anywhere... But especially in these mobile home parks, you see it on CNN or Fox News or your local channel and you go, wow. I mean, it's just it's incredibly shocking. And I think it also kind of reminds us just how small we are individually, right, that that we aren't that powerful and that when Mother Nature comes in, man, she can make a big mess. And she certainly did here in this situation at that mobile home park. Well, it looks with some of the overviews that I've, I'm looking at here, it does look like there are some deeper areas of water, almost like a like ponds. Yes, there is a pond that is in that same area. The other thing, though, too, you know, we talk about these dogs coming in, be it cadaver dogs or live search and rescue dogs, and you have already this complex situation But now you have a situation where you're being told that the boy was in his mobile home. He's near the door. The door gets kicked open by the storm somehow. And then either he, depending on which story you want to give more weight to, dad's story or the mom's story, either he sucked out of the trailer or he made his way to the door and then got lifted by the tornado. We have to take into consideration here, you've brought in these dogs to look for a scent or to find this boy. They're having to clear pathways for the dogs to have something to smell, to have something to kind of trace, to look for Detrez. Right. And this is not going to be a quick process. This is going to be a a long, time-consuming process. Top that off with, we've covered plenty of cases where... You have a person that goes missing and they bring in scent dogs or, you know, somebody may have been abducted and they bring in dogs to try to track the person or track what happened to them. And they have a scent to follow. They have somebody who walked on the ground to 
to get to where they were going or even a child being lifted by an adult and carried away, you still have something to trace. And here, if, if you have a boy that's been lifted up off of the ground and carried away by a tornado, I don't know what there would be to, to trace for these dogs to track. I guess with a cadaver dog, they're trained to find a cadaver. So if that were the situation, they don't technically need a scent to follow. They're going to be looking for scents of human remains, you know, someone that, that has expired. But again, like you said, there's so much debris on some level that has to throw off their proficiency. The other difficult thing too is, and we'll get into the details of this as we go through our timeline and through the details of the case, but what were they using to give to the dogs to have them track the boy? There's no mention of that. And I think that there's probably pretty good reason for that. And I think we'll see that as we go on. Yeah, because overhead view of this area goes from a mobile park home neighborhood to it basically looks like a trash dump. Yeah, it's like looking for looking for a small person in a junkyard. And it, it's a junkyard that right. was just created hours ago. And he could be under any of that rubble. Now, I want to mention something here because... We kind of breeze through it a little bit, and I think that it, it would be a disservice to not really underline and echo and point this, this fact out. We have the search and rescue expert. The, the teams that were brought in, the face of that search and rescue effort, the media person, is telling the media the Trez is the only person in this storm that has not been found. Now, that was on Tuesday, right? The storms went took place on Sunday. On Tuesday, this person is telling the media he's the only person that's not been found. This storm wreaked havoc on the area. There were people that lost their lives, uh, maybe not in this immediate area, but in the in the overall spectrum of where this tornado hit, there were people that lost their lives. Basically, without going into too much information here, what that person is telling us is, we found all of the other people that were carried away or affected by the storm, be it dead or alive. We've located everybody right. else. This is the only person that we have not been able to locate, number one. And number two, we don't have any trace of this boy as well. It's very bizarre. And we're going to see some more bizarre activity as we continue well, on. Here. Death by tornado is, is kind of all over the map. Uh, 2021. We have 73 deaths in 2020. We have 76 people that perished in tornadoes compared to 42 in 2019. So they're kind of all over the map, but it's obviously very rare. Rare, and it's going to be completely based off of you know, how many tornadoes you have and then the severity of those storms themselves, right? Because if... You know, we have statistics on car accidents and people that die in vehicle-related incidents. Right. If nobody drove vehicles, then that number would go to zero. You know, so it's it's a very it's it's a difficult thing to put a number on, right? To say that there's an average number for that because it's all based off of weather and storms that we all hope don't happen. 
Well, and again, the fluctuation varies just in the amount of tornadoes that we have a, a thousand one year to fifteen hundred the next year. Wow. I mean, that's a significant jump. You know, it's not like we can say, well, we know for certain there's going to be fifteen hundred tornadoes every year. I've been very lucky. I've experienced a lot of tornado warnings and really only two real tornadoes that hit my immediate area that I can recall. You know, I couldn't imagine. That's that's one of those things. I love those southern states. Man, in, in the summertime, I'm reminded when I when you flip on the news, it's just heartbreaking. You hear of some some years, you know, you you referenced fifteen hundred tornadoes one year. Some years it feels like you turn on the TV and it's those storms are too frequent and too devastating. Yeah, or or people that have to also experience hurricanes. On to days four and five. The searches for Detrez resumed at dawn with even more hands on deck. Civilian volunteers who turned out in droves to help look for the missing toddler after hearing about him on the news were permitted to help at this time, days four and five. Crews searched through the debris and demolished homes looking for any sign of Detrez. Video is available of rescuers in fatigues chopping through dense brush and downed branches to look for him. I mean, it was a mess. Wednesday's search was described by the Dayton Daily News as search and rescue workers in Albany were looking for the missing toddler from dawn until dusk. Rescue crews had combed through the rubble of the boy's home, but found nothing. On Wednesday, they were still sifting through debris of neighboring homes. Albany Fire Captain Bobby Spargo said that searchers were trying to maintain a positive attitude, but it was not easy. According to WFXL, search dogs reacted to a pond. This is the the water area that you were talking about reacted to a pond behind the trailer park. So they decided to go ahead and drain this pond. Pumps were brought in and ran all night long, dropping the water level by eight feet. Then the Louds County dive team was brought in to comb the depths of the shallow murky water. Searches continued for five full days, and during these five full days of searching for little Detrez Green, there was no sign of the missing child. Well, if you just do a simple Google search on the power of tornadoes, tornadoes have picked people and items up, carried them some distance, and set them down, sometimes without injury. But they also have been known to pick up people and animals and have transported them up to a quarter mile with more serious injuries. I couldn't imagine being carried a quarter of a mile away. I mean, it's just, just insane. Now, searchers for Detrez found nothing, as we said. There was some evidence of him, or of a child anyway, inside the home that he lived in. Mm-hmm. Photos of the wreckage show children's shoes and such, but... Detrez was nowhere to be seen, and as we pointed out, he's supposed to be one of three children living in that trailer. So to say that they found evidence of him, I think they're going out of their way here to tell us, Captain, we found evidence of a child, not specifically Detrez Green. Right. Lon Scala told WTXL that there was very 
that it was very rare for a person to vanish without a trace during a tornado, saying, in a search situation, usually we find some clothing. We find some human articles we can tie to the victim. In this case, we didn't find anything. Do we have a report on what he was wearing, though? Hmm. Because he's a toddler, so it's like, you know how many times... You go to your friend's house when they have a little one and, and he's just kind of walking around in diapers or maybe a onesie. Right. And that's, I mean, again, we're, we're going to see the complexities of this case get even more complex as we go. Because what we don't have here, Captain, is we don't have parents in the area helping with this search. We don't have parents speaking with law enforcement and search and rescue to help in any way with the search. Right. So we have this incredibly difficult search going on and mom and dad are MIA, right? What our search expert is saying here, basically what he means is that normally things belonging to the missing person, be it an adult or a child or what have you clothes and so on should have been found in the search area somewhere, but they, these weren't found. Nothing was located in this situation. And yes, it's a a complex area. It's a needle in a haystack situation. But again, this is not these people's first rodeo when it comes to these types of searches. They're familiar with tornadoes. They're familiar with the damage that they do. And they're familiar with how to find people as quick and as soon as possible. And they've spent a lot of time building strategies to conduct these types of search and rescue efforts. Yeah. And it's not like these experts are coming to the parents and saying, Hey, look, there's no hope. Don't worry about searching for him. There's, there's no hope. There's no sign of him. And there's no hope when you have experienced, like, like you said, train experts, it's, it's hard to know how one would react, especially if you saw him or like you said, this is a traumatic situation. There could be things that they, they maybe they did see him get swept away by the tornado, and they just can't remember it with details because it it's a traumatic thing. But so maybe subconsciously, they know that their child is gone, and and we don't have to. There's no point of searching for him. But if it was me, I'm I'm looking. As long as I can stand, as long as I can move, as long as I can keep walking, I am looking for this child. Everybody out there in Parts Unknown, please make note of this. If I go missing, I want the captain in charge of the search and rescue efforts. He's not stopping until the colonel or whoever he's looking for is located. And that's what these search and rescue personnel were attempting to do with the Trez Green. But don't you find it strange that these strangers are willing to put more effort into searching for this child than his own family members. Well, and of course, and that cause that will lead to all kinds of questions in regards to the family, the family dynamic, Detrez Green, what was going on with the family? Are we to believe any of these stories that we're hearing of him being swept away in the storm? Because after more than five days of intense, costly, and frantic searching, officials felt that they had exhausted all search avenues. Dougherty County Emergency Management Agency Director Ron Rowe said in his Friday daily press conference, this is to update the public about the storm cleanup and search endeavors 
for Detrez, that they had done all that they could possibly do and said that the case of missing Detrez Green was being remanded to the Dougherty County Police Department. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, 
Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Cheers, mates. Cheers to everybody in the front, back, to the sides. Especially the sides. Cheers. How'd you all get in the sides? Yeah. Standing room only. Cheers to you, Mr. Captain. Now, we have a statement here in regards to where we left off, right? Where we have the emergency agency director, Ron Rowe, telling us, you know, we've done all we could. And now we're handing this over to the police department, to the Dougherty County Police Department. And his statement is as such. We've had over 200 personnel here in town, including Georgia search and rescue teams, working hours and hours doing a search and rescue operation. We've cleared all three areas, A, B, and C divisions that were gridded off. We have cleared an area to ground level and below at least 150 yards away from the site. We've drained a pond to where you could walk through it. We have put dive teams in other sections of it. We have been a mile and a half downstream. We have been hundreds of yards past this pond area. We've literally cleared the ground to dirt. We have completed this and we've officially ended our search for the missing child. We have completed our mission. It is in our best expert judgment that in this area, the missing person is not there at this time. Again, that last line was, the missing person is not there at this time. So this statement is pretty unequivocal, right? Now, per the Albany Herald, Dougherty County Police Chief Jackie Battle said that going forward, Detrez's case would be handled by the DCPD as a missing persons case. 
saying, quote, the information we were given is that this child was lost in the storm. And of course, we called in search and rescue. And as you've heard, they've exhausted everything. Chief Battle said that the DCPD investigation would continue and that they were in the process of conducting interviews about Detrez. So now, Captain, after the official searches for Detrez were called off, investigators began to question what they had been told about Detrez's disappearance itself. There were some red flags, they told the media. And Sergeant David McVeigh, who was the chief DCPD detective on the case, said they pulled out all the stops in the searches for Detrez, which went on for five days, involved hundreds of personnel, and cost several millions in manpower and equipment. We're pretty confident we would have come across his remains, he said, but the oddity of the child vanishing into thin air wasn't the only thing that raised investigators' eyebrows. Something was wrong here, and it started It started with the parents, Kevina and Adesia. Right. And now in our timeline, the media starts to read between the lines in the official statements about the boy, right, which hinted that all was not right. And so some members of the media started to do some digging of their own. Here's an excerpt from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When the wind died down, residents emerged to see the devastation. Chris Terrell, 33, who lived near Detrez's family, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution he went to help neighbors at Rainey and Grain's trailer. So he's at Detrez's family's trailer. He says that there he helped extract a baby girl who was apparently unharmed between a fallen dresser and the wall. Terrell said he then asked two men in front of the trailer if they needed more help. One of those men was Kevin Green, the other a neighbor, to which both said no. Okay, so to be clear, what this statement means is we have parents, right? We have one of the parents is there with another person standing in front of the trailer. This man just pulled your little girl, your baby girl from the trailer who was lodged under debris inside the home. This is immediately after the storm. Kevin Green supposedly has a missing two-year-old at this time, immediately after the storm. The storm that supposedly took the child, according to his statements and his eyeballs, what he says he saw with those eyeballs. And he's asked if he needed any help. And apparently, nope, we're all good, right? What parent in their right mind who could not find their child would say no to an immediate offering of help? He saw it with his own balls. <laughs> but he doesn't need help. He, when he says, hey, I'm all good here. We're all good. We don't need no help. It's because they ain't looking. So if you ain't looking, then why would you need help looking? They ain't looking, and part of me wonders, have they not come up with this scenario yet? Right? Mm-hmm. Have they not come up with the idea that their child was taken by the storm? Because it was too fresh, it was too new, and old dad ain't that quick. Then we have others who also noted the disinterested reaction of both of Detrez's parents. They go on the record to tell us what they were witnessing. Now, the following is all from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So we have Lisa Cooley. This is Adasia's aunt. These two were very close, with Lisa being a mother figure to the young woman. 
Lisa told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that her niece and Kevian's behavior after the tornado was odd. Lisa said she never saw Adesia cry, and she was shocked by how soon her niece referred to Detrez in the past tense. And Lisa's sister, Whitney Rainey, said she confronted their niece about Detrez. They were having a video chat, and Adesia wouldn't look her in the eye while telling those last moments, talking about those last moments in the trailer. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, these are major red flags. You, you're not asking for help. You're not even looking. You don't seem to be concerned. You seem to have no emotion. And now when you're talking to a family member, you can't even look at them straight into the to the eyes. And what I find so interesting about this here, Captain, is in regards to Kevian, but more importantly here with Adasia, is that we have people saying, look, this doesn't feel right. Something's wrong here. And that's not just law enforcement or the search and rescue teams. Now it's her own family, people that she was close with, people that would have her back. They're the ones saying, there's something off here. There's something strange going on. Yeah, I think the first question for law enforcement is, is it possible for this child to be swept away by the tornado? And you go, yes. And then even with the expertise uh, of the search team, you start going, is it possible that that this child was picked up moved we know that the actual like adults have been picked up by tornadoes and moved a quarter of a mile you if you have this child moved to to an actual moving body of water if he hits that water you know then he could even travel further and you just would never find them so is that possible yes it is possible mm -hmm. it's so it's possible the tornado took him away it's possible that the tornado took him into a situation that these these expert searchers were not able to find him. That is all possible. But why doesn't the parents care? Why does it seem like this child wasn't even in the trailer? Exactly. And that's where we have to call everything into question. You're 100% right. It is possible that he was swept away and they just couldn't find him. Doesn't seem to be likely from what the experts are telling us, but possible. And then you have not just law enforcement questioning the parents themselves, neighbors questioning the parents, but you have Adesia's family, right? Like, I mean, if somebody, yeah. if somebody walked up to you on the street, some person you never met in, in your life walks up, smacked him in the face, walks up to you and says, so-and-so is mm. a real, a, a, a real turd burglar uh, or turd Ferguson or somebody that you've known forever. Right, you've known me forever. If I walk up to you and say so and so is a real a real turd Ferguson, aren't you going to believe me? Like doesn't my statement carry a lot more weight than just some stranger or some rando person that you've met within the last day? This is her family saying something's not right here. We don't believe her. We have Sergeant McVeigh, the detective, he said he was concerned because in his assessment the parents' emotions weren't in it. He also noted that Kevian and Adasia gave conflicting statements about what happened to Detrez. Then we have Willie Rainey, Adasia Rainey's grandfather, said that what he noted was Kevian complaining about a missing cell phone after the storm, saying 
that Kevian was intent on looking for the phone, but not his missing son. And here's where it gets really interesting. This is per the Atlanta Journal-Constitution article, six days after the tornado, a child welfare worker took custody of Detrez's three-year-old brother and infant sister. Asked why the kids were taken, the DFCS spokeswoman would simply say that the agency listens to police. Seems like a pretty simple and forward answer. Maybe we have to read between the lines a little bit, but sounds to me like they have cause to believe that the other children could be in danger based off of what police are telling them. So someone had alerted DFCS that the remaining children of Kevian and Adasia might be, could be in possible danger in the care of their parents. Yeah, but could you imagine being that grandfather and hearing that your Kevion or however you want to say his stupid name is looking for a cell phone and is upset about a cell phone, but doesn't seem to be upset about his two-year-old son. We do have Kevian's brother, Jerry Green, who refutes all of this. He kind of goes to Kevian's defense saying that he remembers his brother and Adasia crying inconsolably after Detrez's disappearance, he told the newspaper, don't anybody know my brother like I do? He ain't lying. But I don't know. Regardless to me, Captain, it seems like that there's so much more than just the lack of emotion on the part of the parents that raises suspicion to me and obviously to many others out there. Well, what do they say? You know, hurt me once, shame on me, hurt me twice, you're dead to me, hurt me three times, your family. Maybe there's some rifts between son and father, and 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 he's not, and the grandfather's not giving an accurate depiction of actually what happened. Yeah, I mean it, it's a tricky situation. You have, like you were saying, the the police have a hunch, the neighbors have a hunch, and now family members have a hunch. Yeah, and basically what I see here is you, like you just said, everybody has a hunch. The only one that seems to be coming to the defense of, of these two of the parents is Kevian's brother, Jerry green. Everybody else is calling it everything into question. The, you know, her grandfather, uh, her, her aunt, her other family members, everybody else is saying again, that there's just something that's suspicious here. Incredibly suspicious. Let's take that suspicion a step further because Detrez's parents They stopped talking to the media after that one initial clip in which Kevian told them that he hoped they would find his son. So that that brief little CNN spot is the only time that I could find that either parent spoke with the media in regards to their missing son, which is right. We've been doing this long enough to know that that's an incredibly bizarre behavior. We have the statements of law enforcement saying that this is the only time that, that any of them spoke with. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that because I think if my child went missing, especially a two-year-old, I, I don't think I'd want to talk to anybody other than search teams, law enforcement, family members. That would be the only people that I'd be talking to. Right. Uh, I And it's not a situation that I'm thinking that my child was abducted. If I thought my child was abducted, now of course I'm talking to the media. And I'm and I'm and I'm talking I'm doing press conferences to talk to that individual that I think maybe 
abducted my child, but that it's this is a different situation. I agree, but wouldn't you agree that it starts off as a different situation than after six or seven days and search and rescue p- personnel telling you we should have found him or a trace of him by now? Right. As a parent, aren't you going, okay, well, anything's possible. Maybe, maybe the storm took him and somebody found him, a bad person found him. I, I mean, wouldn't you be willing to shift gears, make adjustments and do right. anything, pull out all the stops after, I mean, I, I get it after day one and day two, maybe day three, but at some point I'm going, this shit ain't working. Let's try something new here. And I mean, let's take it a, a step further as from a law enforcement perspective, they're hoping and praying that the parents will speak with media. Why? Because they ain't talking to law enforcement. So if, right. if they're going to get any statements at all, they're hoping that it will come by way of media. And despite the news media, TV cameras and crews and reporters being all over the mobile home park, staking out the family's destroyed residence and talking to neighbors, no one was found. This is the other bizarre thing. No one was found at the Piney Woods Estates where they lived. Whoever recalled seeing Detrez ever, no one ever recalled seeing him at any point, any of the neighbors. So one network, Fox 31, did- Wait, back up a second. I'm trying to follow what you're saying there. They've never seen the child ever? So the place where they lived, now they didn't live there for Mm -hmm. the entirety of Detrez Green's life, but they lived there for a long time. The media- Reporters are going around and asking neighbors questions because, again, the, the parents aren't speaking with the media either. So they the media wants to tell this story. This is a story of interest. It's a missing toddler and right. a storm is to blame. It's a rare situation. You, they're in the business of telling stories, fascinating stories that are rare stories. And this here, that's what you have. So it was of interest to the media. They're begging the parents for a statement or to do an interview. And outside of that one interview that the father does with CNN, they got nothing. So they're interviewing neighbors that lived in this trailer park, in this mobile home park, and saying, tell us about the family. Tell us what you think happened. Uh, Tell us about the concern in the community for this little boy. Mm -hmm. And every person after person after person, neighbor after neighbor after neighbor are all saying the same thing. All the time that they lived here, I never saw that little boy. I've never once seen him. They couldn't find anybody that lived in that mobile park to go on record or camera saying that they had seen the kid at any time ever. Well, it also becomes a tricky situation because they had two other children that were taken away from them, a toddler, an infant, and a three-year-old. Was that correct? So Detrez was the middle child. There was right. an There was an older child, slightly older, and then we have the little baby girl that after Detrez is missing and the parents are not cooperating with the search and rescue effort, right? Supposedly, according to child services, they're told something by police and they make a determination that look, these other kids could be in danger based off of what could have happened to Detrez. So let's go in there and take these kids. And well, I also wonder if they safe. use that as a, a tactic. If we take their other kids, maybe they'll start, trying to cooperate with us. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll start trying to talk to us. So here's a breakdown of what I could find in regards to people saying that they've seen Detrez or have not, right? So the o- so we have one person, right? I did find a comment from Detrez's aunt, Kashada Griffin. She told a news station that Detrez was friendly and he would walk up to you and hold on to you. But then we have 
the search and rescue worker who tells a different news station, quote, we talked to people in the mobile home park. Nobody said they had ever seen either parent with the child, although they had seen the parents buying diapers. Nobody in the mobile home park had ever come up and said, yes, we saw that child here that day. So that made it difficult for us. End quote. Now, so what? They're buying diapers. We just went through who lives in the family. We have two other small children. Hopefully they're buying diapers. Yeah, they had three children that would all be in diapers at that time. So I think, Captain, we can just outwardly say here, right? Like, so again, despite the news media, TV cameras and crews and reporters being all over the 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 park, can't find anybody to say that we saw him. And then we have the actions or reactions of the parents themselves. They stopped talking to the media after that one interview by CNN with the father. And then you start to, you start to remind yourself, this is not how concerned parents act. And therefore, you know, we don't have the parents out creating publicity. We don't have them handing out flyers. We don't have them posting on social media or doing anything at all to spread awareness of their missing little boy. It's almost like, if it went down the way they said it went down, it seems to me like they're fine with it or they're just going to sit back and do nothing and allow everybody else to search, but they're not going to do anything, not actively anyway. So I think we can just say what everybody listening at work and in their cars is thinking, right? Because as you can see, this boy is missing, no doubt about that, but just six mm-hmm. days or so into the search for two-year-old Detrez Green, people started to wonder when was Detrez really seen last? Thank you so much for joining us. And like always, for everything true crime, check out truecrimegarage.com. Join us back here in the garage tomorrow. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today.